We're going to talk some rugby league now. Of course, the Dally M's are on this evening. Um, gosh, when I look at the nominees by position, geez, there's some good players in the NRL, isn't there? And, uh, of course, the overall Dally M will be, will be announced tonight, as will the Coach of the Year, which generates a lot of discussion, um, a heap of discussion between, is it Ivan Cleary, is it Kevy Walters? Is it our own Andrew Webster? Uh, so cast our eye over that in the grand final. We'll maybe a look back at the Warriors season as well. Joining us now, very appreciative always of his time, senior writer for NRL.com, Brad Walter on the show. Uh, afternoon from New Zealand, Brad. Yeah, hello, um, Stephanie. Hey, we are. Yeah, good, I was going to say good morning, but sorry, yeah. It's, it's, uh, no, that's, that's why I just sort of, I said for you. You don't get daylight saving till this weekend, do you? Yeah, no, no, that's right. Oh well, we're we're, we're, in, we're enjoying summer. You, you just you just enjoy spring for for another week. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was just mentioning to the listeners that the Delhi M Award nominees is just stacked full of talent. Um, and there's probably a couple of standouts. I just thought we could pick our way through it. James Tedesco sort of fell out of favour a little bit with the fans during Origin period, but I think he had enough games to show his class. But is it between Dylan Edwards and Caelan Ponga for you? Yeah, I think so. And look, I think I think Caelan Ponga, he just went on that. Um, he had just had a great run to lead the Knights into the finals when they won uh, 10 games in a row. Um, and I, I think, I think that Callan, you know, he was, um, you know, basically the standout player for the Knights during that period. And he would have picked up a, a lot of points. I think he'll edge Dylan Edwards because because Dylan is, he'd be, you know, splitting points for the likes of Nathan Cleary and James Fisher Harris and Isaiah Yeo and Stephen Crichton and Brian To'o and all the other superstars in the Penrith team. When it comes to the wings, of course, we're very favoured for Dallin Watini Zalesniak, try-scoring freak, uh, considering he missed the early rounds as well. But you're talking about splitting points. Jermaine Asako wouldn't have been splitting many points with Dolphins players. Does, does that make him one of them? Oh, I think so. It's a red-hot field, isn't it? Yeah. You know, Dallin, uh, Jermaine, Brian Toto, Dominic Young. He's had an outstanding season, scored some fantastic tries, scored a lot of tries as well um, of another key player for the Knights I think he'll do really well uh, Selwyn Cobo at the Broncos and uh, and Ronaldo Molotalo at the Sharks so um, that's a terrific field isn't it like some great wingers there and there's others that you know um, uh, Will Warbrick you know hasn't made the cut for example he had a terrific season with the with the, um, with the Storm um, yeah but for me probably thinking you know Dom Young uh, for the Knights and, and, and maybe Dallin, but yeah, like you said, Dallin, Dallin missed some uh, early games and uh, I think, you know, Dom Young is, yeah, he's he's had an outstanding season. He came back from the, the World Cup playing for England last year and he's just got better and better as the season's gone by. So I think it'll be between those guys. I'm leaning, leaning towards Dom Young personally. Yeah, um, the centres for me is incredibly tough to pick. Um, Crichton, Bradman Besk, Tony Staggs, Campbell Graham, Herbie Farnworth, Isaac Tungo from the Panthers. Gosh, that's going to be a hard one. That's a very, very hard field, I agree. I would, would have said for the first half of the season, I thought Campbell Graham was, would have been was the, the standout centre and, and he probably has, I imagine he polled really well and that's that part of the season, but he did fall away with some injuries towards the end. I think Herbie Farmworth has um, had a 
great year for the Broncos. Um, wouldn't surprise me to see him win. Stephen Crichton, uh, though, uh, with the Panthers, I don't know. Like This is going to be really hard to pick because there's a couple of... There's both Panthers centres, both Broncos centres mm. in that site, in, in, the, in the nominations there, and I would have thought they'd be... Um, They'd be taking points off each other, but um, I think Stephen Crichton's had a, had a, had an awesome year, and Bradman Best has had a real breakout season for the uh, for the for the Knights. So for me, it could be um, it, it could be it could be those two, but um, I, I don't, look, I don't know. This is this is really hard to pick, and I was just talking before about Cal and Ponga taking points off. Uh, you know, we're getting the points for most Knights games, and then like I've come out and basically said Dom Young and Bradman Best for the next <laughs> position. So I'm, I'm sort of contradicting myself here. I think that's how sort of, you know, how, how strong the field is and how, how close it's going to be. Yeah, and the, no points for playoff games, just so people understand that, which is why Cody Walker from the Rabbitohs is one of the three five eights alongside Ezra Mam, who I think's been fantastic, particularly towards the end of the season. And Cam Munster, he's a perennial finalist in the five eighth competition. Yeah, um, again, really hard to call. And like you said, the Ezra Man's had a great finish to the season. Cody Walker, had a, he was pretty pretty good. There was a period there when Cody Walker was probably the best player in the NRL, mm. you know, over a number of weeks. Um, you know, I think, you know, South's team that did struggle, he was a standout for, for most of the season, probably didn't finish the way that he wanted. But um, I think, you know, look, and let's not forget the Rabbitohs were in first spot, um, Sort of heading into the, into, into the I suppose the second part of the season or, um, yeah, like the, the midway point, they were in they were in uh, top spot and Cody Walker was a huge reason for that. So I, I sort of I expect that Cody Walker will probably, uh, probably win this ahead of Cameron Munster and Ezra Man. And interested in your thoughts on halfback. You know, I mean, no one beats Nathan Cleary at anything, but Sean Johnson might win halfback of the year because he's being touted as a, a red-hot go for the Dally M. If he, uh, if he does win the oh, <clears throat> excuse me overall Dally M, um, he's going to win the halfback as well. Would they announce that at the same time? No, so I think what they'll do is they will announce, they'll start announcing the positions as they get into the, um, into, into the, sort of count, the final countdown for the last round or the last couple of rounds um, as they become clear-cut. And so, for example, if Sean Johnson, and I think, imagine that Sean is going to be like one of the, the, the top contenders for the overall DLEM. So I imagine that they won't announce the halfback of the year until probably like the second last thing that they they announce, mm. or, or possibly the, the other way around. They might say the DLEM winner is and the halfback of the year is Sean Johnson, you know. So uh, it'll be right at both of both those. There's no doubt both those awards will come right down to the wire. They'll be they'll be sort of announced um, virtually simultaneously. Another bit of a fan favourite over here. He's got a bit of a following as Wade Egan, just an absolute soldier. He's had HIAs. He's had destructed thorax. He's had so many things, but he just keeps bouncing up and coming back. Uh, Api Korosau, another hook from West, so I thought had a fantastic season. Harry Grant from from the Storm. Could, could the Warriors sneak another hooker? Oh, uh, sorry, an- yeah, a, another well, positional one. I think Wade Egan's real. Um, Smoky for this award. Um, you know, I think Appy he missed a fair bit of football, and the Tigers. You know, he probably was. I think he was fair to say he was the Tigers' best player this season. But 
um, you know, they obviously they finished at the bottom of the table and as I said, he missed, he missed a, a few games. I, and Harry Grant's form, particularly at the back end of the season, was in, in the post-origin. He was, um, uh, you know, he wasn't maybe as sharp as what he'd been previously. He'll, he'll certainly be um, highly in contention for this, but uh, yeah, I think Wade Egan's a really good chance of winning the Hooker of the Year, and if so, like that's a deserved reward for, for a guy who just gives 100 you know, 100% effort in everything he does. Would the stipendiary steward siren go off if anyone else other than Payne Haas and Adam Fenua Blake won props? I don't know. Like, you look at this field, Lindsay Collins, he has been, you know, like, when I, his, his name's at the top of the list, and I looked at that and thought, without without well, without giving it any more thought, looked at that and thought, no, yeah, he'll win property here. Mm. He's been... The, I think he's been the Roosters. He has been the Roosters' best player. He won their player, player of the year award. He won the Wally Lewis Medal for uh, player of the series in State of Origin. Um, he's been, you know, Lindsay Collins has been absolutely outstanding. But then you read down that list and you go Payne Haas, James Fisher Harris, Nilsson Osaka Solomon, and Jake Trevojevic and Adam Fenua Blake. Um, geez, that's an unbelievable field. Um, no doubt, as you said, Fenua Blake and Payne Haas have been. Outstanding, James Fisher Harris. So he's, he's week in week out. He's uh, you, you know he's he's always he's consistently um, one of the best front rowers in the game. He's consistently one of the best performers on the field. Uh, but I feel that Payne Haas is not only um, um, going to be one of the tops of the year, but he is also a, he's also the main competition for Sean Johnson to win the Gully mm, yeah. which, which will be his, there's no, a front row has never won it before, but. You know, Payne Haas, I think, just the way the voting... He, he would pick up points in every single game he plays, I'd imagine, uh, this season. So he's going to be very, very hard to, 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 to stop from winning. We, we don't hear much um, interview-wise from Payne Haas from the outside in. It, it looks like he's quite a softly spoken, quiet man. Um, what, can, can you fill me in a bit more about Payne Haas, the person? Well, yeah, I think... I think you know, as you alluded to, he's a bit of a gentle giant. You know, he's a, he's only, I think he's still only 23, pain. You know, um, uh, he's, you know, he's an unbelievable athlete. He's got a huge motor on him, as we see. Um, like, he, he's no doubt he could go 80 minutes if needed needed to. And, and you always, and I think coaches struggle to know when to actually get him off the field or whether or not they should take him off the field because he's usually the best player out there. Um, away from the game, yeah, as, he, as you said, he's softly spoken. He's certainly approachable. Um, he speaks, um, you know, he he, he 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 speaks from the heart, I suppose. But he's he's there's no he, he's not um, yeah, there's nothing sort of dramatic or nothing. You know, he's he's a calm, composed, mm. uh, you know, very mature young young guy. Um, you know, and a, and an absolutely fantastic footballer, and he's. I imagine his preparation and everything he does to get himself ready for the game, he, you know, he, he must be an absolute professional. Back rowers, there we a couple of these. I can't pick these. Martin, Nakora, Frizzell, Olakoatu, Fafita and Hudson Young. Wow, it, that that one's the hardest one for me. Yeah, I agree. That's a good field. Um, I don't know if it's the hardest, but look, I think Liam Martin has to be there. Um, he's the, I think he's the best second rower. In, in the game, he's been absolutely fantastic this year for Penrith. He's turned into a real leader. Um, as well, this is a guy who, not too long ago, was playing off the bench. He's now, like, 
commanding a starting spot in every team he plays for, including uh, the New South Wales Blues and the Kangaroos. Um, who the other second row are? So it's, it's Red Hot Field. Hudson Young's been outstanding for the for the Raiders. Um, David Fafita has probably had his best season at the mm. Titans as well, and it, I wouldn't be surprised to see David Fafita uh, and, and Liam Martin be the two second rowers here. But um, it's a pretty good field, and they, all of those players have uh, have had outstanding seasons. Uh, Nicola from the Sharks has been, um, yeah, pro- probably their best player too. So uh, yeah, the, the competition is really hot. But I, I'm personally. You know, I think I'm thinking maybe Liam Martin, David Fafita. Mm. David Fafita to me is like a giant cartoon. He's got a face like a caricature, and I just feel like I smile every time I watch him play. But I'm with you. I think he's um, he's had a fantastic season for for a disappointing Titans. Now, Locke, wow. Um, you talk about players stealing points off other players within their team. Isaiah Yo is probably going to. Um, Regret having so many good players around him, but he's a fantastic lock. I know we've got Torhu in there, and Paddy Carrigan's just an absolute machine. Any of these three could win this. Oh, I agree with you. Uh, Paddy Carrigan, um, yeah, he, he's, he's gone to another level, this year, no doubt. Um, he's been fantastic for the Broncos, and I think he's a key part of, of, of their success. I think he's their forward leader. Uh, Torhu has um, had a Great year for the Warriors as well. He's, again, terrific leader. Um, you know, I think the the good judges in the game realise what a good player he is, uh, playing in the middle uh, now as well at this stage of his career. Um, uh, look, this award could go to, 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 I think, to any of them. I agree with you. You know, Yo is probably... Um, maybe he's got too many good teammates who, who are going to be taking points off him. Mm. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised, um, you know, to see Toho uh, uh, win this award. And if he wins this award, this is the one I would like of all of the Warriors. I would love Torhu to win Captain of the Year uh, because I know just how inspirational he is and how integral he is. And he does all the hard stuff. He regularly tops the tackle count. He's playing on one knee. Um, I know Adam Reynolds and Isaiah Yeo are are very good skippers as well. But I really hope Torhu wins Captain of the Year. Well, he leads by example, doesn't he? And as you said, he's an inspiration to his teammates. Um, and, and you know, given the season they've had this year, how, like what, how good they've they've, they've um, gone this season, like he's been a key a key um, key reason for that. I imagine like on and off the field as well as on the field, we see what he does. But you know, behind the scenes, he's obviously um, he's obviously uh, you know a great leader as well. But look, Adam Reynolds, what he's done at the Broncos, like he's this is a team that won the that finished with a wooden spoon mm. three years ago. Adam Reynolds has gone to the Bronx, to Brisbane last year, and he's like transformed that team. They always had good young talent, but he's just come in and provided that leadership and that direction on the field. And 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 like he is, I think there's no doubt. Without him, they're not in the grand final. Without him, they may not even be in the finals. Um, he just the impact that um, that Adam Reynolds has had on that the whole Broncos organisation, um, he's effectively like the coach on the field um, in in many ways. And uh, look, I wouldn't be surprised to see Adam Reynolds win, win the Captain of the Year award just just on the base, just on the fact of like the way he directs the team around, the impact he has, and how he's involved in every play. So, but um, they're certainly all worthy winners. Um, uh, whoever gets 
whoever whoever gets the captain of the year award. How is that based on points, or is is that devoid of how many Dally M type points you score? Is it, is it no? There's a process, and don't, please don't ask me what it is. But there is a process, and um, um, it, I think it, I have seen it explained somewhere. And there there is like a, a, a formula and a process, right? Um, uh, to determine this, but I, I can't explain it to you. Is it the same with the coach? Because, again, any of those three coaches, I'm actually okay with any of them winning. That doesn't mean the two that don't aren't good coaches. Well, I'm with you 100% because, like, I look at them and I think, so Ivan Cleary, what more can he do? Mm. He has, he just had sustained success. You look at Penrith, doesn't matter who's out. You know, Nathan Cleary's out. Jerome Lewis out, you know, um, or any other player that's, that's missing. Um, they just whoever takes their place just fits in it. They're like a, you know, they are like a well-oiled machine, as, as as people say. Um, the systems that are in place there, you know, what Ivan has done, what he's overseas that at Penrith is just absolutely outstanding. They're the benchmark for the competition, and and they've been doing this consistently for four years now. So, you know, as I said, what more can Ivan do? The only sort of I suppose this, this is not a negative on him, but just in terms of when you look at these awards, you sort of think. Well, they were doing it last year and the year before, and you know, like, so how much have they improved, or you know, how much, yeah, how much have they improved because they were so good previously? So you probably start to think, you know, in these type of awards, you look more at the coach that's maybe, you know, taken a team from the bottom to the top, um, you know, and look, Kevin Walters is what he's done at the Broncos. As I said, they were wooden spooners um, three years ago, and he's gradually built this team up. Um, they, they they missed the finals last year, and now they're in a grand final. Um, it's effectively the same team. Um, Broncos haven't recruited. Um, they've recruited um, Adam Reynolds and Kurt Capewell. Everyone else was there. They've all come through the system. Uh, most of those, those, those players were there when they won the wooden spoon. So, you know, what Kevin Walters has been able to achieve um, has been has, has been incredible, right? It's, it's been outstanding. And um, you, you certainly couldn't begrudge him being the coach of the year, given the fact they're now in the grand final and where they've come from. But I think most people on both sides of Tasman uh, look at Andrew Webster, rookie coach, first year. Um, he's he's, he's um, uh, He wasn't a superstar player like uh, Ivan Clear or Kevin Walters. Um, he, he's done a long apprenticeship in the game um, and he's got his first crack at uh, as, as an NRL head coach and he's, and he's um, delivered the best season that the Warriors have had for for, for a decade, and he, he he's done it again without necessarily recruiting a lot of those players that already already there or, or had already been signed, and he's just turned them into a better team. And I think that's a mark of of a really good coach. And and when it, you're looking at coach of the year, you sort of you look at you know someone who I said has just been able to like come in and improve a team the way that um, and improve individual players and improve the team. And and uh, there's no doubt that. Andrew Webster ticks every box and no one will begrudge him being the coach of the year. But equally, those the other two are, would, are well-deserved um, uh, candidates. And if, yeah, I don't think anybody, anyone could argue with any of those mm. uh, those choices or, or any of those three being the coach of the year. And finally, grand final this week. Um, massive game. Two fantastic teams. Somewhat, uh, not contrasting styles, but there's the... There's the razzle-dazzle of the Broncos, which is hard to defend. We saw that last weekend. Have they got enough in them for 80 minutes to outthink 
a very well structured, very well disciplined, very well credentialed Panthers side. Well, there's no doubt they're up against it. Um, but look, they've they're full of confidence. I actually was up in Brisbane on Monday and um, at, at their training and fan day, and they had like you know over two thousand fans turned out. Um, I think you, you can feel that the whole of Brisbane is behind them. So um, you know they're going to they're not going to lack for support. And they're certainly not going to lack for confidence. Kevin Walters has really instilled into them a couple of like messages like. Broncos don't lose grand finals. Broncos are winners. Um, they've sort of they're really talking themselves, you know, up as, as not necessarily as favourites, but as um, you know, they're, they're not going in there saying we're the underdogs or we're up against it. They're going there absolutely full of confidence, um, and so they should be the, with the way they've been playing. Um, they'll certainly ask some questions in attack. There's no doubt about that. Their defence is going to have to be really strong. Um, they've got a great pack though, you know, led by Payne Haas and. Paddy Carrigan, so um, you know there's going to be a really good forward battle. They're, they're two two really good packs, uh, and then the battle between the halfbacks will probably decide the game, um, assuming that, that everything else is, is, is relatively even. Because um, you've got you know Nathan Cleary, who's now the Kangaroos halfback and regarded by many as the best halfback in the game, but you've probably got the smartest halfback in the game mm. um, in, in in Adam Reynolds and. You know, we've seen Adam Reynolds do some, you know, just the, his ability to think quick, to his ability to see an opportunity and, 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 and act on it. Um, he's, got a, he's got an incredible kicking game, um, as, as does Nathan Cleary. Um, and a, a lot of it may depend on how much pressure each side can apply to the other kicker and, and what impact that can have, and also Yardy. So I think we're going to be actually in for like a real arm wrestle. I, I think it's going to take... A while before this game will open up. I think, I don't, I'm not expecting there to be a lot of early points, um, just because I think that both teams will, will will try to make you know make meters and get as as far down the field as they can, and then try to kick into the in, into the corners and force the other team to you know then come back and and they'll be like looking for I suppose errors, uh, looking for errors and also you know that just to try and win that yardage battle. I think so. I think we're going to see a real sort of old school arm wrestle to be honest and that's what I'm expecting um, in the early stages and then the game will open up at some stage because there's just too many brilliant attacking players on both teams and um, you know you talked about the spark in the uh, in the Broncos team and you know obviously Reese Walsh and Ezra Mam and um, and those sort of those sort of players but like let's not forget the the Panthers have got Stephen Crichton and um, Brian Toto and, and players of that caliber Dallin Dylan Edwards uh, obviously Nathan Cleary himself and Jerome Luai. So there's certainly plenty of attacking um, spark in that Panthers back line as well. So, um, yeah, it's, I'm, I think this is going to be like one of the one of the great grand finals. It's really hard to pick. It's sold out. Um, there'll be the Broncos are, I think it's fair to say, that the Broncos are the biggest team in the game. And uh, they haven't been in a grand final since 2015 and they haven't won a premiership since um, 2006. So they've got... A lot of people have come out to support them now. We're getting behind them, uh, and Panthers obviously are. You know, they're from Western Sydney, um, so you know the, this, the grand final is played in their sort of backyard, and um, and and they and you know, geez, they're going for a historic three-peat. First team to win um, three premierships back to back since the Parramatta Eels, who did it 40 years ago. So you know, this is just going to be a sort of fascinating game. Two really, really. Good teams and two teams that you can see being uh, dominating for years to come. 
Um, and yeah, I think it's going to be terrific. So who wins? Um, I still lean towards Penrith just because they've um, been there, done that. And if you remember when Penrith made played their first grand final in uh, 2020 against the Melbourne Storm, uh, Penrith were the best team that year, but the Melbourne Storm won the grand final. And I think Penrith learned a lot of lessons out of that. And I think the Broncos, um, you know, it's probably their t- their turn to to you know find out what grand final footy is all about because only. Adam Reynolds and Kurt Capel have played in grand finals, obviously not for the Broncos. And the, Bron- and the Broncos, believe it or not, have got four players, including Reese Walsh, who've never played at Acor Stadium before. So, wow. you know, they're going into a grand final. There's a, there's a, this is a, a totally new experience for, for nearly all of the Broncos uh, t- a team, whereas the Panthers have got nine players um, playing in their fourth grand final in a row. So I think I think that experience might just each Penrith uh uh, get 10 of the edge in, in, in the grand final. Yep, the scene is well and truly set for an epic grand final and New Zealand will be glued as well, even though we didn't quite make it. Brad, always appreciate you finding time to talk to us over here in New Zealand. Uh, we will stay in touch. No worries. Have, enjoy the game. Thank you. Oh, be hard not to. Senior writer from the NRL.com, Brad Waldrop.